Breaking news. Breaking news. This is the first aftermath. Well, this is the first one we're going to release for the time yeah. being. <laughs> some of them Are we recording? Yeah, we're, we're recording. Oh, this is great. Yeah, this is less serious. This is where we Although sit Brian's back. Although Brian's going to bring up politics again. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm yeah, not. Um, this is where we sit back, kick back, have a drink back. Or, or a few. And kind of let you in behind the curtains of both the podcast, our lives, our thoughts, beyond the libertarian liberal point of view on politics. And I think, I think we're going to release this one in general, but from going forward, it's going to be like a Patreon thing where if you're part of the Patreon, you'll get these as well. Um, hopefully you find them just as rewarding, right? You find them to be entertaining, similar to the political one, but more entertaining because it's a little bit lighter. So I'm going to start with a question to you, Kevin. All right. Sorry for that brief pause there. I was corking my whiskey. <laughs> Here's a question. Yeah. Fire when ready, sir. Can love actually last a lifetime? I feel like that's an easy question. Is it? Can love last a lifetime? Yeah. I'm a hopeless romantic. You're asking the wrong guy. Sure. Oh, God. I'm going to seem so soft. No. I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, um, yeah, I think. With, that, but I think, when I think, we look at like the divorce rate in America and stuff like that, does love actually last a lifetime? Uh, I think. Or do true people, love? True love does. Do people just stay married because like they don't want to lose money and like don't want to be alone? Or do does I know the that love? That I, I do know that that's a fact. Too. Does the yes, love yeah. actually last a lifetime? Like, growing old together and just, like, knowing, hey, we're going to go to the early bird special at the diner. Is that love? Or, like, can you truly be in love for your whole life with someone, with one person? I think you totally can be. I think my parents are a perfect example of this. Really? Yeah. My mom and dad are so in love. It's ridiculous. And they complement each other so well, for sure. Um, How do you know they're in love? Uh, the way they treat each other. Um, the way that they talk to each other, the way that they put up with each other, um, you know what I mean? To me, I think that's enough, I suppose. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I do, Brian. I think that, uh, I don't know, you know, and I feel, I feel almost, I feel slightly biased because of the way that I feel about Anna, um, might be the first time I brought her name up in the podcast. Hey, Anna. What's up, baby? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think because of the way that I feel about her, um, that makes me feel like it could last forever because like, I see no other way to life. You know what I mean? To me, there's almost nothing that she could do. Well, I shouldn't say that. But I, to me, like, there's nothing um, within reason that she could do that would make me love her any less. I agree. Um, I, I've pondered the darkest thoughts of like, what could my wife do that would make me fall out of love? And I couldn't come up with anything. I'm talking like, if we're being transparent, since it's the aftermath, I'm talking bury a body. Like <laughs> I fucking bury it. Like, How deep, babe? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm not the spry young chicken I once was, so it's not gonna go too deep, but <laughs> I'll shovel as, as long as my hands don't blister, you know, kind of deal. I, I agree. Like I think I think love can last a lifetime. But here's the the kicker is like, are you willing to work your whole life? Right? I think that's how you know that you are in love. What do you mean? You're saying like are you willing to work your whole life to make it work? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think that's how you know you're in love. Yeah, I, I think you know it, I mean? it's it's. Are you willing to put in the work and and understand? So for me, it's like having this bigger perspective of things to really enlighten how frivolous some fights can be, and some some fights are warranted, and you got to work through them and and understand the other side. Sometimes you're just both fucking tired, and that's okay. And you have those fights and you have the big picture in mind so you can kind of 
move off of it and understand it better. Yeah, can I? And I, sorry, I just thought about this um, as I was looking at food delivery services. <laughs> <laughs> Do not order a pizza with jardinera on it. I will not. We were gonna do a, a so so we we've we've recorded these in the past and yeah. some some were good. Some I just were, think it's fun to record Brian and I. We're not when we're not being serious. And that was the whole idea. We're not serious, but yeah. Less focused. Yeah. The first the first couple were I thought okay, and then some were just us being idiot like drunks. But there was a, a an episode of a podcast that we did, and then Kevin wanted to order food. He was still really hungry, and I will never turn down food. And he ordered a pizza with jardinera yeah. on it, and it was, pepper, it was pepperoni, it was, garlic, and jardinera just to drive it home. It was it was a late late night. They were probably closing, yeah. and they were pissed off, and they took it out on. They us. dumped the jardinera oil in that pizza. <laughs> it was so hot. <laughs> Yeah, it was like that first initial bite was like, oh, this is real good. And then it was like, oh, no, this is not good. By the time you went for the second bite, it was already right. burning up what is already like an acidic thing is in your stomach. Like right. it was burning up the layers of the stomach. And I was like, this is not going to end well. <laughs> and I ate like six pieces. Yeah. Yeah. I ate way too many. And we, I, just to add insult to injury, I also ordered a, a, an order of. Uh, jalapeno poppers which was the not spicy part of yeah, the meal that was very manageable <laughs> that was like we, i think we both took bites of it and looked at each other and like oh this is re- like relief right yeah There's yeah the cheese, cream cheese the in cheese. there helped <laughs> <laughs> oh jesus <laughs> all right here's an here's a tough one. Oh, um oh go ahead i'm so sorry because I, I i was getting to a point where i, I remember i said i was pondering something oh yeah yeah at food delivery services yeah. The reason that I believe, too, that love can last a lifetime is that... The notebook? Uh, I read it, yeah, too. thank you. That was all I needed to say. I'm going, I guess I don't even finish my point. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, every time that uh, my wife and I get into a fight, there's that voice in the back of my head that always says that this is pointless. Why are you fighting? You're going to be fine by tonight. You know what I mean? Or you're going to be... This is... You know what I mean? This is temporary. Yeah, and that's why I was like thinking like this bigger picture. Like, if you look at your life in a magnifying glass, you're gonna pick out these tiny little moments that might be frustrating or really great. But right. if you look at the large, like, think of um, Sunday afternoon on the Grand Jot, right? Uh, George Surratt, the pointillism, you know. And if you look at each individual point, it's nothing, right? But if you take a step back and you take a look at the whole picture, yeah. it's this beautiful artwork, right? Yeah. And that's what a relationship is like. If you take one little moment and you base the relationship off of that moment, it's it's it doesn't make sense to do that. If you take the step back and you think about all of the moments of love, and if it outweighs the fights and, and the moments of frustration, absolutely, like, that's a love that will last a lifetime. And I think that's how I feel about it is like, I always like to step back and see the whole picture and realize like all of the good that has come from this relationship. It's, it's easy to start to think, okay, this fight is important. We need to get to a resolution. And, I, and that's a good point to make. That's a very good point It's not the end of make. the world here. Yeah. Um, and just a quick pause there for you, Brian. How do you feel about feta, jalapeno, and pepperoni? I don't like feta. Okay, no feta. I'm fed up with the feta. And I always thought feta made it better. All right. All right, I can I still go, so so go on. So any any what's what's your, what's your uh, your next ball buster there, Bray? Have you ever had to end a friendship and how did you know it was time to end that friendship? Ooh. Not a relationship with a girl You're going per deep. Se. You're yeah. going some deep like deep the, dives here. I think it's important like I think this is also kind of what the listeners want to hear is like our thoughts on life as well so yeah. i want to know like have you ever had to end a friendship and it could be a girl but it's not romantic just like a true friendship that you ended not an acquaintance but a friendship you ended and how did you know it was time to end it hmm. and how did you end it if like did you literally say like we're not friends anymore god you know what? i'm just gonna say after this one you have to ask a happy question 
Um, <laughs> um, have I ever had to end a friendship? Yes. Um, it was in high school. Okay. Um, and it was with a girl. Um, I think that it was just kind of like, not necessarily toxic for me. She was seeing somebody at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, I think that she maybe wanted more from me, um, physically. Okay. Romantically. So uh, there's that when Harry met Sally dynamic. I never saw that movie. The fuck? It was more like a Twilight thing. <laughs> if you want to take away your Patreon subscription at this point, I fucking understand. No, I'm totally joking. I'm totally joking. No, you're not, but that's okay. Continue. No, I am, because you know what? If I were to like bring up vampire movies, uh, and maybe this would be my question uh, after all this, I want to know what your favorite vampire movie is. Um but no, so yeah, it was it was just it was kind of going south quickly because um she you know what I mean, she had made a few advances. Um and I was kind of uncomfortable with it because um Jesus Christ, I hope my mother in law never subscribes to our Patreon. <laughs> this is shit that's gonna come up at dinner conversation. Yep. Um But so be it. Um yeah, and so and so she had made a few advances, and I was uncomfortable with it because um, I was worried about hurting the guy's feelings. And so I just and in the way, sorry, yes, the way that I ended it was, uh, I probably something you know, I was high school. I probably said something stupid like, uh, "I'm not comfortable with this." No, <laughs> any longer. Yes. Please do not communicate with me going forward. Fare thee well. <laughs> Live long and prosper. <laughs> <laughs> No, it was probably something along the lines of like, um, hey, I don't think this is uh, really what we need right now. I, and I probably did. I did just that. I made it about us. I was very socialist about it. <laughs> I love how us is a socialist <laughs> thing. I just needed some way to take a little plug Pause there. for the uh, podcast listeners right now. Who brought up politics first? You did. Oh, wait. we weren't You just said that. socialism. <sighs> yeah. What what was your idea for the original aftermath uh, conversation tonight? I got a great idea, Kev. We're going to talk about Trump Russia collusion. <laughs> no, no, hold on. You had said we're going to talk conspiracy theories because I remember yeah, one of my yeah. one of my former students who's a politics. listener. No, one of my former students who is a uh, listener, Cheyenne. Reached out and was like, I love this podcast. I get like all this new information. It reminds me of like how you would teach us in class. Like it's very educational. But I would love for you guys to do something on like conspiracy theories. I remember bringing that up to you. You're like, yeah. And then you were talking about doing conspiracy theories tonight. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't subscribe to most of them. And then I was like, yeah, but I do believe Trump is an asset for Russia. And that's a conspiracy theory. Yeah. And we can talk about that still tonight. No. Um, but, uh, I, I know I'm a huge fan of conspiracy theories. I don't believe them for the most part. Yeah. Like I'm not like a general subscriber to them. No, no. You, you like the, the psychology behind it. I just like the, like all the, you know, I like it's It's almost like fantasy. It's a story. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I love stories. Yeah. Um, but now if you could just answer my question, favorite vampire movie. Um, kind of a, an offbeat one that I don't think either people like or really even think about when they talk vampires yeah 30 days of night oh that's a good one josh hartnett yeah that's a I really, really like good one and uh and it's a fun that i i, I thought the, that was very creative yeah the one guy that ends up being in like the wolverine movie once oh <laughs> he's who he's was in that movie guy. that was the one guy he was, that he was, was the, the leader wolf- of the vampires he was in that wolverine one <laughs> okay so he was <laughs> Allow me to adjust Brian's vocals. Sorry. <laughs> All right. So he was in the movie of, I think it was X Men Origins. Yes. Wolverine. Yeah. He played with, when Stryker. Ryan Reynolds he, he played, played the he played Strike, bad Deadpool. He played Striker. Yes. Yeah, I know Stryker. who you're talking. I know you're talking about yeah. Brian. <laughs> so, but the audience did. So I had to clarify that. <laughs> I'm not a complete moron. Um, so Thirty Days of Night. That was I great. also really like, and I don't think this is vampire, but I I kind of, it's kind of vamp vampire-like is The Descent. I don't know if I saw that one. So it's a movie about these four women 
who go uh, spelunking and cave yes. diving. And yes. they're not like true vampires, but there's these like cave dwellers. Yeah. In that movie. It's creepy. It, it's creepy and it's yeah. like exciting and yeah. thrilling. Yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah. I like the divergence towards the end of these two characters and how they their character arc goes. Like one becomes kind of savage and the other one is very, very uh, thoughtful in her process of like, killing these things and Juno's very like quick and like athletic and the yeah. other one just becomes like this savage and it's so cool. So I like to to see that story arc. So those are my two. I, I'm guessing Twilight is yours. <laughs> Shut up, dude. No, it's not. Um if I had to pick uh, can I pick two? Um I, I did. I, so I, I, well I did one, but yeah. Well no, you, you had like a, a The run, descent uh, is you a, had run a runner up. up but yeah. the, I don't even know if this is a vampire movie. I really liked uh, I and this is hard for me. Twilight get... Eclipse. <laughs> <laughs> now that we're done bashing on Kevin. <laughs> hey, you know what? I will say this. Yeah. Twilight was not as bad as people made it out to be. I, w- I watched them, and I was like, this is fine. You know where Twilight lo- like lost me? When they sparkled? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Me we, too. He was like, do you want to see who I truly am? Twinkle, twinkle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, you savage. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what are your two? Um, I so I'm a big comic book fan. Brian knows this. Huge comic. Oh, book fan. So yeah. Blade, yeah, Blade. Uh, Morbius doesn't really get up there, even though Morbius is really cool. And they're coming out. With they're coming movie. out with it. Isn't yeah. Jared Leto going to be Morbius? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I like Jared Leto, but his I don't know. I heard sucks. he's an a hole. I don't know if that's well, true. Well, I mean, like I like his band Thirty Seconds to Mars. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. like him as an actor in like Fight Club and uh, Million. Oh, I forgot. Uh, I always not forget. Million Dollar Buyer Club, Dallas Buyer Club. Oh, he was great in that. Right, he was great in that. Um, but yeah, so Blade. I liked the entire trilogy. Um, I did like Blade Trinity. People yeah. ragged on it. Yeah, but I like Triple H. I liked Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Jessica Biel. It's so at the hard time not was to like. For me. T- I, if, if, I'll tell you what. This is something for all you guys out there listening. If you don't like Ryan Reynolds, message me and tell me why. Because I can't think of any reason to not like him. I'm going to ask you to not message me because I'm going to tell you to fuck right off. Because <laughs> I'm not Canadian. <laughs> His his most recent video where he like pretends to like be a robot because he sold Aviation Gin for like six hundred million dollars or something like that is hilarious. <laughs> well, I, it's like uh, you know everything he does, I think comes from a genuine place. Yes, and I agree. It, there's like a realness to him I agree where 100%. It, 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 you almost resent the fact that he's like a real genuine person because he's so damn good looking and funny. Yes. You shouldn't be able to be everything, and he is. And he is. And it's I'm like, okay. and it's, like know, honestly, it's like the I'm member okay of that. NSYNC that you are, Justin Timberlake. <laughs> and I'm Lance Bass, and you have everything, and I resent you for it. Nah, shut up. Um, what was the other thing? I was, oh, the other movie I was going to say was um, Dracula Untold. Have you seen it? No. It is seriously fantastic. It Nosferatu is, is my favorite. <laughs> All right, Mr. Hipster. Not that that's a bad movie. But, um, no, so uh, Dracula Untold what's, is... What's the... Oh, sorry. Continue. Yes, yeah, so, sorry. Dracula Untold is... Um, it's a story of like how Dracula came to be. Yeah. Um, oh, no, 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 no. Hold on a second. I just did something bad. My bad. Uh, not... I didn't do something bad. I was having uh, the food that I'm d- having delivered to me and Brian sent to uh, my house instead of here. Um. But Dracula told it's the story of like how Dracula got his powers and how he became Dracula, um, and it's like it's like a love story. It's action, a um, little bit of history in there. It's really freaking cool. It's really great. I recommend that somebody or everybody go out and watch it. Anybody who likes uh, vampire. What's movies. the What's the one with Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise? Interview with a vampire? Yes. Or in vampire interviews? No interview with a vampire. Okay, like that one a lot. But I'm a Brad Pitt guy for anything. Two ten, yeah, um, yeah. Brad Pitt's great. You know what I really liked with Brad Pitt was uh, World War Z. I'm trying to think of a single movie that he was in and I didn't like, or at least didn't like him in. Right? I I mean, there was a movie where he's like this crazy serial killer guy called California with a K. People don't know it. Love it. You know, Seven, Fight Club, obviously oh, seven like those big great. ones, right? But like even the small ones, 
Like his role in Thelma and Louise. Like, yeah, he was great. Yeah. You know, and, and speaking of that, too, I feel like because um, I, I was just talking to somebody the other day about like movies that I really liked. Um, and one that I feel like is missed out. And actually, just because you brought up 30 Days of Night, um, Josh Hartnett was in a movie called Lucky Number Slevin. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, Brian, this is why we're friends. I freaking love that movie. If I had to pick like that's that's probably my top three. Really? Yeah, I like it that much. I just think it's fun. I think it's got enough comedy. I think it's got a little bit of romance in there between, uh, is it Lucy Liu? Yeah. Um, and Josh Hartnett? Yeah. Um, I mean, freaking Bruce Willis, isn't it? And Morgan Freeman, right? Or am I thinking of something else? I don't know. Yeah, no, Morgan Freeman's in it. And then uh, uh, Stanley Tucci. Yeah, Morgan Freeman's in it. Yeah. And Stanley Tucci. Yeah. I love Stanley Tucci. I think so he's one I. of the most so underrated. Him in The Devil Wears Prada. Oh, my God. Oh, I love that movie. <laughs> oh, you know, since we didn't bring up The Office in our main episode this evening, yeah. I love when Michael watches The Devil Wears Prada, but he doesn't, like, finish Bag. it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Is Versace on the line? Get me Get Versace. Get me Versace. And then he comes in like a week later after he's finished watching it. Apologizing. Like, Damn, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and and Makushla. Yeah, my, my little Makushla. Uh, million dollar baby. Oh my God, he's going to kill me. <laughs> okay, so I watched that movie not too long ago. Million Dollar Baby? Yeah, and that was... Um, I rewatched it. I had watched yeah. it when it first came out. With I, I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't seen it. Oh, Dude, I want to, and it's on my list of things to watch. It's just, it, yeah. So Clint Eastwood has this typical style of film. He's great with the lighting and all that, and like he plays essentially the same guy every time, but it works. And with Million Dollar Baby, also has Morgan Freeman, um, a couple of other uh, big actors, the Jay something that's in all the Seth Rogen movies, uh, Baruchel, Marushal. Um, all these, you know, uh, the guy that plays the, in the Avengers, the one that plays Sam Harris. Anyways. Oh yeah. The I can't think guy. of his name. Yeah. Uh, he's such a cool character. Yeah. So million dollar baby is just this incredible movie. It's shot. He uses a very dark tone, uh, obviously because his movies are generally very somber, but million dollar baby really lived up to. You know, the replay value, I thought. I don't want to watch yeah. it again for a while. It's a very, very tough movie. Yeah. Uh, I, I have emotionally draining. I have shows and movies that, that are both like that. Yeah. I like them. I'll watch them. Like, you're not going to watch Schindler's List multiple right. times. You know, you I might have, watch it every hard... couple of years, like yeah. every five to ten years, just because it's such a pivotal movie and it, it speaks to a certain part of humanity. I have a hard time watching Breaking Bad more than once. Because you watch it that first time, you're like, this is freaking incredible. But then you go back to watch it again, and you're like, ah, this is stressful. I think, you know what it probably was, is like, the last time that I honestly go, or went back and tried to rewatch Breaking Bad was right after I got into the office. And I'm sorry for everyone listening. I, I got into the office late in life. Yeah. Um, you're welcome. <laughs> Thanks. It wasn't really me, but I'm going to take credit. Cause oh, and okay. So since, you know, just to shout out to all those Office fans out there, uh, speaking of Million Dollar Baby, the episode where they... Uh, Hillary Swank. Hillary, Hillary Swank, hot or, or not. not. <laughs> <laughs> and then Michael Scott comes out of the office. Oh, goes, she's hot. Who is that? Hillary Swank. Oh, she's hot. <laughs> she's so nonchalant. Um, I think Hillary Swank is very attractive. Sure. So yeah. you're saying not? No, she is. She's fine. That's just Brian. You dirty dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, the one, I'm the dirty dog for saying she's fine. Yeah, she's fine. She's she's very she's attractive, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So going forward. Yeah, please. Um get us out of this conversation quick. <laughs> I I wanna say Top three for lucky number seven is tough though for me. Why? Uh, it's good. So for me, it's number real one good. for for me, number one is Goodwill Hunting. Ooh. 
far and away. Like it's Goodwill not hunting is like, great. I have a top 10-ish. Like, oh, yeah, seven's there. I like to throw seven at the number seven spot. Yeah. But other than that, like within my top 10, it's very difficult to see where each one falls. Yeah. I like to break up my favorite movies by season. My favorite movies by season. Like, so, like, what's your top three favorite movies for Christmas? Mine's the controversial one. What is it? Please say Dark. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I just had a customer at the restaurant ask me the other day because she's like, oh, I was like, oh, any other fun plans for the evening? Like, you know, typical, like, conversation mm-hmm. piece, like, you know, because nowadays, like, uh, when they pay checks out by, what we have a, a, a riverfront patio, and, um, you know, we use these like automated term or not automated, but these like terminals. Uh, it's like a wireless little unit, and you like insert the card right in there, and then they sign on the screen, all that kind of stuff. And uh, just like a kind of a, like a small talk that I've been using, you know, while they're filling it out, because I don't want to leave this expensive piece of equipment with them, um, and then like walk away. Um, I'm like, oh, any other fun plans for the evening? And she's like, oh, we're gonna go home and watch Elf. And like, I mean, like, I go, oh my God, I love Christmas movies so much. And she goes, what's your favorite Christmas movie? I said, my top two would probably be Die Hard and Home Alone. <laughs> She's like, Die Hard's not even a Christmas movie. I was like, it takes place during Christmas. He goes to a Christmas party. He says, ho, 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 on one of the dead bodies. Mm, he sure does. I'm so glad you said that. But what's your favorite Die Hard then? Uh, Die Hard 3 with a vengeance. Is that the one with um, Samuel L. Jackson? Yeah, that is a good one. I like Jeremy part- Irons. Oh yeah, he's Simon, uh, Hans's brother. Oh man, that's crazy. Um, I like the scene where they're at the park and they have to figure out like that the water like, tanks. Yeah, that's a good one. What's what's wow, who's the bad guy in Die Hard Two? Oh God, Die Hard Two is the one at the airport. Oh yeah. I'm going to go home and watch Die Hard tonight. I have to be up at 9 a.m. to cook ribs. <laughs> I love how, like, well, but, so last week, and we even referenced it into the podcast that, like, we were talking about Twisted Metal for, like, an hour. Twisted Metal is a PlayStation game where you drive around and you, you basically blow shit up. And yeah, it's your terrible. Opponents. And Kevin literally went home and downloaded <laughs> Twisted Metal like he said he was. <laughs> so when you say, I'm going to go home and watch Die Hard, I don't doubt it for a second. I don't understand. Oh, no, it. I'll do it for sure. I love the Die Hard movies. Like, there's the, there's those movies that, like, um, just like if I'm in a bad mood or something like that, I can go home and I can turn on Parks and Rec or I can turn on The Office and it just makes me feel good. Like, mm-hmm. it's the same exact effect with Die Hard, which is probably terrible. You know what I mean? Because it's a, kind of a sad story. <laughs> you know what I mean? Here's this, like, New York City cop. And the first one goes out to visit uh, his estranged wife and, like, you know divorced all that kind of stuff and then you know he's meant to be at a christmas party the whole time he's like apprehensive about everything and then yeah he has to kill a bunch of bad guy germans <laughs> what <laughs> so the bad guy in die hard 2 is william sadler is the one that plays him he's a colonel that's operating to try and get yes someone out he was also in Shawshank Redemption, which is in my top three. Probably oh, second. Yeah. I love Shawshank. That's one that, that's that's one of those things that I could watch over and over and over again and it never gets old. When he's explaining how to like uh um like the way that he's kind of like uh defrauding the uh the warden. Yeah. And he's like, he's he's a figment of my imagination. Like, oh man, that's a great monologue. I um I think. Oh my gosh, he plays. Um, Who, Tim Robbins or the Warden? Who are you talking about? No, the guy, the uh, the character. Sadler, ta- he's the kind of the idiot guy. Yeah, yeah. He's he's the one like when they get the record player, he's like sitting there like jamming out yeah. to like yeah. uh, I don't even know what it was, yeah. but some country song. He's the one that uh, Robert Dumbass. Who's Robert uh, Dumbass? Yeah. It's Robert Dumas. <laughs> God, the scene at the end of that movie, spoiler alert, but if you haven't watched Shawshank Redemption, like... You shouldn't be listening to this podcast. You should have been watching it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but the scene at the end, we're like... He sees Andy on the beach. Oh, right? gosh. And he's like working hard on the boat. 
That's a great scene. Yeah. Because, like, when I first watched the movie, I was probably... I was probably in high school. Um, That's a good time to watch it. Yeah, you can understand what's going on. Yeah. Um, but I was watching it, and I was like, you know, I probably had been watching a bunch of, like, horror movies or, movies or something like that, where I was like, oh, these are all going to end horribly. And I thought for sure... Uh, that it was going to leave some like weird open ending kind of thing where like you don't really knew what ha- know what happened. Some like, Shutter Island bullshit. Yeah, like did Red find Andy or whatever? Did he was he okay or was he like um, who's the character who? Uh... Oh, Red. Red or no no Red was Morgan Freeman. Um, the old man. Uh, he he signs it. I can see him signing it. Was here on the banister before he hangs himself. Oh yeah, you brought it up. Yeah, he committed suicide because he was sad. Well, because he knew he no, no he, he yeah, well he, he knew no, no other life than prison. He was in prison for that entire time. So now we're going to talk about prison reform. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, I will find out the name of that character. Uh, um, but where was I going with that? That you just like enjoyed the fact that it had a happy ending. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, there's there's resolution. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like. You know, Red gets out of prison. He goes exactly where Andy told him to go. You know what I mean? And it leads him to Andy on the beaches of, I think it was Mexico or something like that. Yeah, it was. He had to escape the country. Because he didn't get off on parole. He escaped. Right. And that scene where he's crawling through the shed, shed, gets out, and then there's the rain. And it's like, physically he's happy that he's getting washed off from all that crap. Literal literal shit. right. And but so, it's also this like liberty freeing moment. Like I'm out of the the Shawshank prison. Like I'm, I'm right, gone. Right. Um and and I think in that moment is when I really realized, and I'm sure that um at the time when it came out, because uh, that was Morgan Freeman's first big role. He was like forty years old, which is crazy. Or like forty five or 50. oh, he's almost fifty, I think. Really? Yeah, because um, that's his big quote is like, you know what I mean? Like, or not his big quote. Yeah, but like where the they big talk thing about people. Well, the big, the big thing amongst actors is like, Morgan Freeman didn't get his big first role until he was 50. Vera um, Wing didn't make her first wedding dress until she was 43. Yeah, yeah, motivational stuff. Yeah. And it is As motivational. make fun of it. No, I'm not, make, I'm not making fun of it. I'm we did a serious. funny voice. We both did. We oh, made fun of that's it. That's not making fun of it. That's just We like, made fun of it, Kevin. We shouldn't have. And shame on us, because you know what? Some people need that. Because this is probably going to make it into the Atlantic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Oh, by the way, James Whitmore, he played Brooks. Brooks. Brooks was here. Yeah, Yeah, Brooks was here. He looks like a happy old guy. Um, But he wasn't. There you go, buddy. He was sad. He was a bag boy. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was saying there you go, buddy, because Brian was pouring himself a drink. Um. Oh goodness. Oh, sorry. I was getting an alert on my phone saying that my uh, or an alert on my uh computer rather than saying that my phone was dying. Um. All right. Let's get away from movies, Brian, because I could talk about these all day. Which, okay. uh, by the way, I'm actually I'm looking at this Wikipedia page on um. The the actor. actor that yeah. Played yeah. James Whitmore. Um. And He's pretty a, famous. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And there's a uh, advertisement for the new Mulan movie. Cannot wait to see it. Are you going to pay the premium price? Though? I already did. Did you really? Yeah. Well, because Anna. Good wanted, for you. Well, no, Anna wanted to see it, and so like I was kind of like, eh. <clears throat> I respect that because everyone was up in arms that Disney decided to charge a premium for seeing right. it earlier. Right. But I look at it as, hey. How much does it cost to take a family to a movie theater? That's that was my logic going into it, and I think people have already gotten a tremendous amount of value out of Disney. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Or Disney Plus, I should say. All of the Marvel movies. Yeah. Again, with that said, I am not paying thirty dollars for Mulan. I'll wait, but I do respect. I do respect the people saying, "Hey, I'm going to pay for it," because it's just like going to the movies, and I, I, I like that. Absolutely. Uh, I do want to stop here for a second, Brian, and just let you know that this is very exciting because I just got a notification on my phone saying there's a new Mad Libs podcast. On <laughs> yeah, buddy. Um, so I do have a very good question for you. Um, who says? Who says what? This is a good question? Yeah. Me. 
Oh, me. Okay. Right. <laughs> um, so Brian and I both come from the service industry. Yeah. Brian is no longer in the service. In- well, kind of. No, I'm not. But I'm talking about restaurant industry. Right. Um, best memory of the restaurant industry, favorite parts of it, and least favorite parts. So I've met two people that I've become incredibly close to, and that's you and another buddy, Joe. Uh, In fact, Joe was one of the people that stood up at my wedding, and you I invited to my wedding having known you for like a month. Yeah. (laughs) It might have been a little bit longer than that. Yeah. Um, And... I think it's the people you work with are my best memories. I don't have like, I don't have those one memory that sticks out like, oh, this one table, this happened, or oh, this one right. time I got no. a thousand, a ten thousand yeah. dollar tip, or anything like that. What I remember are the funny moments you have, you know, the flirtatious moments you had with your your coworkers, or right. the the heart to hearts that you had with your coworkers, and. What it feels like, and obviously I have no military experience, right? Right. But there's this element in the military from everything I've heard where it's like this brotherhood. You're all in it together, and you don't see a lot of the aspects of a person you don't like. You just see like, hey, they have my back. And it's kind of weird. Like the service industry is like that because you deal with customers that can be very rude, you know, guests in your your restaurant that are not – coming in with the best intentions and you deal with a lot of stress for what can be very low pay. Sometimes you make great money. Sometimes you make shit money, but you're all in it together. And like, there's so many different personalities similar to the military, right? Like you come from all walks of life, but you're all performing a similar task and there's some camaraderie and brotherhood that forms because of it. I so, like that analogy. Again, so I, and I don't have that, again, I don't have that experience either uh, of being part of the, the active military or any part of the military, but um, I think that's a good analogy. Yeah, and I think that's what I remember most is the the moments where you're so fucking stressed and you don't know what to do and like some lady is mad at you for not getting her ranch and you're like i got six <laughs> tables to drop checks off at and yeah i got two to greet and i got one with an appetizer that needs to come up and it's not up oh shit i didn't even put it in yeah and you run back and you tell talk to a cook that you've been polite to for six months and all of a sudden like you know he bails <laughs> you said, out dude i need a fucking sriracha cauliflower uh, and i need it now i need, <laughs> on the I fly. need don't a, ask any questions i need the appetizer trio <laughs> well shit dude that takes me like six minutes and i'm right, backed up right right right, He's right. Like, but dude i really need this and they just look at you and you're like okay i got and you they get it done i got and you like, i love that i think that's what i i love the most i think that's a really really good point um god I love talking about this um, with you, especially. Yeah, what's what's because one because one thing I have to say is this: um, a memory that sticks in my mind is this. Because uh, Brian, you're talking about being in the weeds. You know what I mean? Where it's like, I have so many things to put in right now. I have so many things to do. What do I? You know what I mean? Like you're going through that like mental list of like, all right, priorities. All right, I need to put in. I you're triaging. Get, yeah, yeah. Because like, I got to get these drinks. Because I got to make that table happy. As soon as they get their drinks, they're going to be happy. Because once they're sipping on something, they're going to be okay. Um, And after that, I got to do this. And after this, I got to get the ranch. I got to get the blue cheese dressing. Um, You know, and this table, they've been waiting on this soup for fucking 20 minutes. What do I do? Um, That being said, uh, one of my fondest memories to this date Mm -hmm. of being in the service industry is uh, when Brian and I were working in a restaurant together. Sunday night? Yeah. Uh, yeah. (laughs) So uh, the restaurant that I currently work at, Brian used to work at. Andrea B. follows our Mad Libs Facebook page. So I don't know if she listens. That's okay. But we should message her and say, hey. That we're talking about you tonight. (laughs) Um, So the original owners or owner of Blue Root um, is... Uh, from the actual spa world. So she owns a, a very nice spa. Um, and actually, I'll give a shout out. Spa Blue. Yeah. I love Spa Blue. Yeah, Tammy C. It's Spa yeah. Blue. Um, Incredible human being. Oh, uh, my great, gosh. Great the best operation. in the world. The best in the world. Um, 
And uh, so when she originally opened the restaurant, she pulled over a lot of people from the spa to help her manage and do other things. Mm -hmm. And one of the people that she brought over was Andrea. And Andrea um, kind of got thrown into the mix a few months in because Brian had been hired. So you were hired maybe like three or four months in. I was one one month after they opened. Okay. Okay. Oh, God. Wow. Okay. Yeah, we've um, known each other for a bit. Yeah, we really have. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, Brian and I were very comfortable with each other at the time, and um, it was Andrea's first managing shift. Yeah. It was a Sunday, <laughs> and uh, she goes, hey, guys, I just want to be real with you. Um, I don't have a lot of experience with this, so you guys let me know um, in, the, in, the, in the industry, if you're not from it, you make cuts throughout the day. So yeah. it's like, okay, we're slow, cut you know, uh, first server or second server or whatever. And she goes, you know, I don't really know enough about it, but you guys let me know if you guys think that we're slowing down, like I'll start cutting people, I'll eliminate staff just so that we can, you know what I mean? You want to operate at like 30%, uh, which is basically 30% cost. So we're making X amount of dollars and we're only spending Y on staff. Um, it's all like a profitability thing. But uh, so she came to me and Brian, she's like, what are you guys thinking? And we were, we were kind of slow at the moment. Yeah, we were. And she's like, uh, what are you guys thinking? Should we get rid of some people? And uh, Brian and I kind of came to this consensus that, yeah, we're, we're kind of dead right now. It's Sunday. Sunday's never, you know, isn't always an iffy day in the restaurant industry. And uh, we're like, yeah, cut everybody. Brian and I will handle it. We got this. And we, <laughs> at the time there was two, there was two, there were two bartenders on at a time. And Brian and I were both scheduled as bartenders and we're like, there's no big deal. We can do this. Um, and what ended up happening was, uh, we got swamped. Cause so we had a mezzanine, yeah. a mezzanine patio, a main floor. And then we ended up using the second floor, uh, which was primarily yeah. a, like a, a party space. Um, and yeah, I think we, <laughs> We, we, we ended up going to tables together or, and doing like a duo act. Almost. Well, and it, or like you would greet one and I would greet it right after or vice versa yeah. as a joke. And they're like, wait, what? And then you like, you would pop back in and be like, don't worry. You actually have me, not this guy. Get him out of here. And like, we made it like almost a comedy. Scale. Yeah. It was like, yeah, it was almost a, it, 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 you know what? Honestly, I, I, at least I hope, because the way that I remember it was almost along the lines of like that we had to rehearse it. Yeah, it really felt like that. Yeah, it felt yeah. like uh, when we talk podcasts, we you and I have talked about the Two Bears, One Cave with uh, yeah, Tom yeah. Segura and, and, and Burke Burke Krishner. And they just have this rapport with one another where right. you don't know what they're going to say. They don't know what they're going to say, but they're going to be able to play off of one another. And that's what we did that night. It was a freaking blast. Yeah. Anyways, we ended up getting like completely swamped to the point where like uh, normally as, as a bartender at this particular restaurant, you wouldn't want to cover the bar the main floor, the mezzanine, and the mezzanine patio, because especially at this time, it was uh, summer, um, and summertime is like the best time. It's pa- patio season. Yeah, so it's and the it's best right time. along the river. And- yeah, and um, you, you don't want to be covering that much ground as just two people, yeah. plus you're making drinks, plus you're trying to have conversation, and in, you know, in good, good, give good service. And I mean, I think we had something along the lines of like, I don't. I don't remember. So I. Can't, I could be misremembering this, but something like six or seven tables on the mezzanine patio. We had like three or four on the mezzanine itself. I took. I took an eight top on the second floor. Yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> um. And we're. And again, we're getting out drinks. We're having conversations. Um. And, and without going too much more into detail, it was just. It was such a good experience for me to be like, okay, here's what I can actually handle, <laughs> and. Uh, it, and it pushed I, us to our brink, but yeah. we didn't collapse. And, and and that was the point of this whole story was um, you can be in the shits or in the weeds, but if you're with the right people, mm-hmm. you can handle it. Well, and that was the other thing we alluded to was Andrea was a really good leader where she didn't mind running around collecting, you know, glasses off of tables, right, double right, checking right, to make right, sure right. everyone was happy, like... We were running around like crazy, but not in a in a way that would jeopardize service. Right. But just the same, she was running around with us, and it was like this, which is crucial for management, right? And that's that's what I was talking about before. Is like when you're in the trenches and you're with the right people, you just feel good. And uh, she was a tremendous leader that night, and 
Yeah. I know she's had a good career in the restaurants and in the spas and into products. Yeah, she works and everything. for uh, she, and she actually, uh, I'm going to plug it right now. She works for Aveda and yeah. I love Aveda products. Yeah. Um, that's what I use. In my Once hair. this podcast tastes off, I know I'll, you I'll support know, Aveda more often. I, I know you can't see me. <laughs> it's a little pricey. Um, I know you guys can't see me right now, but boy, my hair looks great. <laughs> um, all right. No, Brian, I'm going to turn, we're going to turn the tables a little sure. bit here. Okay. And I don't need a particular experience if you don't wish. Yeah. Well, what was your least favorite part of working in the restaurant industry? Or even even least favorite aspect. The frustrating part is the idea behind the restaurant industry is if you work harder, you're going to make more money. And there were times where you knew you did a good job and you weren't rewarded for it. And it's the classic. Um, I have to tell you, sir, your service was fantastic please enjoy this tip. And then it was always like, not even 15%, 12%. The worst was, if I'm being very frank, working on a Sunday, you have what was called the church crowd. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it was the after church crowd. And generally speaking, I don't know if it's, they donated too much to the basket or what, <laughs> but they sure as shit didn't donate to me. Yeah. And the worst was when you got this pamphlet, talking about praising Jesus more often in your life or something like that. That really frustrated me. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't care what you believe in and like the eternal afterlife or whatever. That's fine. And I hope everyone gets there and gets where they want to be and all that. But at the time I needed to pay phone bills. I had to pay my car bills. Like I had, I had shit to pay for. That's the worst part. To me, like that's one of the worst parts of the industry is like just not knowing how much you're going to make. I'll never forget. I had a six top and six tops just means six people. Just so everyone knows if you're not in the industry. Yeah. I catch myself saying that to my wife all the time. I'm like, Oh honey, let me tell you about this fucking five top. She's like, what's up? What? Yeah. It means a table with five fucking people. So (laughs) the six top was, of these church going people and they were they were more than pleasant so that was nice like that always helps. it's it's respectful and, and yeah. you know that's fine but i i listened to them breaking down how to tip Ugh. and they the talked worst. about they had this theorem it was like a it was like a calculus theorem where you took the tax of the total bill doubled it and then divided it by three and added five. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? You take the first number and you multiply it by two. And that's usually 20%. Yep. Simple as that. Yeah. But they were like going off of the tax of the bill. I'm teaching everyone how to tip right now. And I was just like, just give me a hundred. That's tipping. And I I know it ended up being like a $56 bill and they left me like seven, which is one eighth, which is about twelve and a half percent. I was like, "Holy shit, how did we get here?" So that was really frustrating. But that was that was one of the most frustrating portions of the restaurant industry. Um, the only other thing I didn't like was not having weekends. So when you had friends, like I was young, and eventually I worked my way into being a Monday through Friday night bartender, but. Early on, uh, you were working, you know, doubles on Saturdays and Sundays, and and still doing like it. I. So my original schedule was I worked a double Saturday and Sunday with a close on Sunday. Okay. I worked Monday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, and Friday day. So it was like all these random schedules. I had one full day off. I think it was Mondays, and I just remember that. And there was one week. Where I worked twelve shifts, so you have a lunch shift and a night and a dinner shift. I worked at a Ruby Tuesday for seven years, the same one. So I was very loyal, and I remember I worked twelve shifts and fourteen out of the fourteen shifts. And even my manager was like, "Oh shit, I should have given you you know an extra day off or whatever." And that was really really tough. But you know, I think it 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 um, provided me with a lot of you know, work ethic 
from a young age. Like I knew what grinding it out really was. And can I? And I'm gonna pause you. And yeah, I sound like we're doing the regular yeah. podcast. Can Tell me to just shut the fuck up. Hey, shut up, dear kiddo. Um, I will say this. I agree with you 100. percent It does. It teaches you a good work ethic because currently, right now, my 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 schedule is, um, and it's a, a post quarantine schedule. I'm there Wednesday through Sunday. Yeah. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, because I my my boy is during the day. Um. I'm just there at night. So I get in at three and I work until 10. So seven hour shifts, you know, an hour shy of a normal shift. But Saturdays I'm in at 9 a.m. And I leave at about 11 or 12. Yeah. Uh, P.M. That's not a.m. Just to clarify. Sundays I'm there. No, you leave at 12 a.m. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's what I mean. So I get there at 11 a.m. Yeah. And then you go. Oh, to, sorry. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. You go sorry, all sorry, the way sorry, to sorry, the sorry, night yes, shift yes, and yes. basically close down the bar. Um, I was trying to emphasize something there and I completely... That's 12 p.m. I work one hour days, bitches. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Gosh. That's how it works in the restaurant. Gosh darn it. Sorry. Um, but, uh, and then Sundays I'm there again, 9 a.m. until uh, usually, I don't know, 6 p.m., 7 p.m. So I'm working some long shifts. So it does teach you, like, and, and I feel like going into the restaurant industry, I had, like, a good work ethic. Like, I knew, like, you know, you got to really, you know, work hard for your money. Um but it does, like, you really do start to miss and, and you really start to appreciate, like, what it was like having weekends off. Yeah. And that's one thing I miss dearly. And one thing um, we were talking about, like, can you love, you know... Um, your whole lifetime. Your whole lifetime. And um, that was probably... That's probably, like... My double shifts on Saturday feel like a lifetime every yeah. day. <laughs> <laughs> and I miss my wife so much. Um <laughs> But I, I think that's a good point to make because um, I do like Saturday and Sundays. That's always the hardest time for me and my wife because like it's like, oh, man, I really got to grind and make this money because you don't have like, you know, what I mean, you're making five dollars an hour. And so it's all gratuity. I remember. Do you remember when it was like three twenty five an hour? I wasn't in the industry then. That's back when I was roasting coffee, man. Yeah, I remember it was like three twenty five an hour. And I was pitching salad bars for two forty nine extra, and I'm like, "Shit, that's what I make in an hour." Um, I think another thing is it is it teaches you a certain level of respect, and kind of going back to like the whole military thing is like, you learn to respect people differently. So you can tell who's worked in a restaurant when you serve them. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And 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 and, and immediately to that point. Everybody who's in the industry wants to take care of other industry people. Yes, because they tip better. Yeah. And they care. My wife yells at me all the time. Yeah. You tip too much. You tip too much. Yeah. No, I don't. Yeah. Trust me. It's called, I, it's called tip karma. I, and I agree. And also, like, I'm very, very frugal in my life nowadays. Yeah. The only time I'm not is when I tip. Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah. But I also think... You you developed this level of respect and, and it 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 showed it's it reared its ugly head of how much I respect the people in the service industry. My wife and I were coming home from something the other night. Oh, I think we had spent the day at, at my father's and shout out Buster. <laughs> we're driving home and my wife hadn't eaten that day or well for dinner. She was helping her aunt out and doing all this great stuff because that's what my wife does. She's like, oh, can we stop for some Culver's? I'm like, absolutely. Gotta love a butter burger. Absolutely. Dude. So we, we go through the drive-thru or whatever, and this, this young kid is taking our order, and I'm like, oh, thank you, sir. And she's like, he's like half your age. He could be your kid. And I was like, A, Weird. I'm not that old. Okay, yeah. Rude. <laughs> And then I was like, shit, I am that old. But then he came back to the window and gave me, you know, the drink or whatever. And because I paid and I was like, thank you, sir. And he's like, okay, yes, sir. Gives me my drink. And I'm like, oh, thanks again, sir. And she's like, why do you keep calling him, sir? He probably doesn't get called, sir, at all. And I was like, because I want him to feel respected. And like, you get that from the Preach. service industry. Like, I probably wouldn't, I, I'm, all, I'm always trying to be respectful of anyone. But when it comes to the service industry, I'm going to be overly respectful. I remember my server's name every time. 
I'm like, oh, wait, what was your name? Because maybe they forgot to introduce or in a rush, whatever. I want to know your name and I'm going to ask you questions by your name because you are a human being and I respect you and I appreciate the service you are giving me. Yeah. And one thing I have to point out too is like, and, and so this is one of the most, in my opinion, one of the most stressful things about the service industry is not necessarily the people that you deal with, like as far as customers, yeah. but just it becomes almost like a, a ball of stress and um, anxiety almost um, with your fellow coworkers. You know what I mean? Because everyone's going through that same thing that you're going through. Everybody has good tables. Everybody has bad tables. Um, but the thing is, when you go through your rush for the day, you know what I mean? Whether it's dinner service, lunch service, doesn't matter. You know, lunch service, it's Friday night. It's 7 o'clock. You know what I mean? Things are moving. Yeah. Um, you have like a table full of people who are have high expectations for what their food's going to be. Their food comes down. They spent $32 for a steak. They ordered it medium rare. It's medium or medium well. I think you made the joke that it was well yeah, <laughs> earlier tonight. <laughs> sorry. Well, I was trying to be kind. Um, but it comes down well done. And you have to go up to the kitchen. And it's the same guy that has made the steak well instead of medium rare. Well, and that's the thing is like there's cooks and servers that take a certain level of respect or not respect, pride in their job. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm going to take a pause from our current discussion and say I've never seen someone take so much pride in bartending as I do, Kevin. I You're just saying that that because I like to clean the bar. (laughs) (laughs) So that was one thing. So Kevin and I bartend. That's one of my fondest buster uh, memories right there, dude. (laughs) Brian's dad comes in. Hey, this is farm fresh, right? <laughs> so I was a true bartender. Like I tended to the bar, the bar patrons. I sat and I chatted. I didn't give a shit. Like I wanted them to feel good. Like sh- shooting the shit like I do with you right now on the podcast to right. both Kevin and the audience. Like this is how I talked to people. I wanted you to feel respected, cared for, and just part of something. Always right? have with you. Kevin did not only that, but he was meticulous in the cleaning. He was like, he was a true mixologist when it came to pouring. When we had drink of the days, he came up with this stupid ass roast marshmallow campfire martini. And by God, if I ever make one again, I'm going to take the torch to my own eyes. I have since never made any martinis like that. <laughs> Probably because I was such an asshole. Oh, it took then. like seven minutes to make. Yeah. You had to literally roast marshmallows. <laughs> but in like my drink of the day was the Cuba Libre, which is a rum and coke. <laughs> with lime I had, juice. I had, I had one. Lime, I had one. Oh, it was the... Uh, the uh, hobo something. No, no. Uh, the beggar's bouquet. Yeah. Is what you called it. It was like a beer-based cocktail. And it had... It was good. It I don't. Was I just so randomly made good. that shit up. I asked you for the recipe for that like maybe a year ago and you couldn't remember it. No clue. So anyways... <laughs> so good. There, there was a certain level of, of respect to the actual profession that Kevin brought that I didn't have. I cared about bartending because I enjoy people and I knew the more I talked to people and, and conversed and made them feel important, the better my tips would be. But I just, that was the enjoyable part. I did not like cleaning. I remember one night at Ruby Tuesday, if I'm being very you know honest and Ruby Tuesday in Illinois is close so no one can bust me on it. A guy, another, another bartender I worked with, Kevin. All right. He was, he was tall, handsome, Jacked as shit. So basically me. Yeah. Five foot six. (laughs) (laughs) No, this guy was like six two with like two percent body fat. Oh god. He actually just messaged messaged me not too long ago. He was in the area and I was I was excited to hear from him. But we didn't feel like cleaning. Like our uh, our automatic cleaner was broken. So like you had those you put them on the little spindles and it would clean inside. Oh yeah. That was broken. And we just didn't feel like cleaning. And we said, hey, we have like 12 glasses left. And we pushed them <laughs> onto the floor and broke them. And it was easier to sweep them. <laughs> I'm not going to I'm not going to lie at all. And my boss listens to this podcast. So I'm still I don't care. Um, 
there have been times where like I'm cleaning a table at the end of the night and especially now where it's like riverfront and like you have to walk all the way inside all the way to the dish pit to drop this stuff off where it's been like one single spoon that like you have to bring in I'm just like you know fuck it <laughs> throw in the garbage <laughs> eh. at least I don't break it <laughs> At least you don't throw it into the river. <laughs> oh, okay. And I'm actually, I'm going to bring this up just because, and this will be our last story because we're over an hour. No way. Yeah, we are. Oh my God. It's even easier when you're not focusing. <laughs> um, I brought this up today. So I was working at a party on uh, the restaurant that I work at that uh, actually where Brian and I met. Um, it's a majority of the income comes from third floor parties. Oh, so it's a three yeah, story yeah. building plus a mezzanine and mezzanine patio and now a riverfront patio. And, um, I was working a party today and I was telling these younger kids, you know, it's, and it's so funny because like, you know, now I find myself as a, uh, an older gentleman working in this industry that like you work with a lot of younger folks. And, um, they were telling all these funny stories of things that they've, you know, had happened in the last, seven months that they've worked there and I finally I looked at them and I'm up on the third floor the balcony door is open and I go you know what you think that's real fucking funny you know what I mean like you moved a table that way slightly and nobody noticed or whatever and uh I go let me tell you about the time the first time that I actually drank on the job (laughs) (laughs) and I was working up here with my buddy Brian and Ashley, Ashley, shout out to you, sweetheart. Tomatillo. Tomatillo. Tomatillo Sunday. The first time Ashley got real messed up. We used to do shift drinks, and Ashley took advantage of that and had like eight. <laughs> but uh, anyways, we were working a party on the third floor. Very eloquent. Uh, you know what I mean? Um, plated, all that kind of stuff. And there was these little side plates that we had up oh, there. Oh, shit. Yeah. Actually, no, it wasn't plated. It was, it was buffet. Uh, and the night's over and we're cleaning up and it's getting late and there's no manager left in the building. <laughs> so no one's watching the cameras. And, uh, can I share this, Brian? Is that cool? I don't work there. Okay, cool. So, <laughs> so we had these little side plates that were like Frisbees. <laughs> That's leading. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, we're cleaning up and we had like three or four side plates and we're like, Oh God, we got to bring these down to the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> we ended up going out on the balcony and this is, a few drinks in. Yep. <laughs> and next thing I know, Brian is taking these plates like Frisbees. And we're talking from the third floor. You have to go over the top of the building. Okay. Then you have to go over the mezzanine patio. Then you have to go over the river walk, which is now where we have our riverfront patio. And Brian had the idea that he could throw this plate. You know, it, it, you did the have the advantage of height. But you had to, he was going to throw this plate like a Frisbee and try to make it into the river. <laughs> sure did. You did, I think twice. Yep. <laughs> oh, God. All right, well, we are, going, we are going to end this podcast in a very positive way, and so I think yeah. that there's no better way to end it than Frisbee and side plates into the river. So so where do we go from here with the aftermath? And, and that's up to you. The aftermath is going to be a lot of things. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's just going to be kind of a stress relief for me and Brian. Um, we will still take any uh, you know ideas you guys have on content, conspiracy theories. Uh, if you want to talk, let's talk about anything we didn't talk about tonight, conspiracy theories. Uh, <laughs> or anything weird. Just let us know, and we'll bring it up in this podcast. And right now, this one will launch as a regular podcast, but we will also do this uh, for our Patreon subscribers. Uh, and in the future, this will only be available on Patreon. So yeah. if you like hearing Brian and I talk about nonsense and have a couple of drinks, you know, let us know. <laughs> so Yeah, and, and real quick, my hope for this is that it becomes – you know, an avenue for you to feel even more a part of the show. Like, like Kevin said, bring up topics you want discussed. I think like relationship questions or life decisions, or you want some unbiased opinion. You know, I think it's always fun. My wife and I do this. We did it tonight with Kevin where we brought up like something that was going on with our relationship and got his honest feedback. You know, I think it's kind of cool when you get an unbiased opinion that, you know, which is usually what you get from me. You know what I mean? As a libertarian, very unbiased. Well, I'll give you the open-minded, <laughs> really thoughtful. I'm opinion. so empathetic. Yeah, 
No, but seriously, uh, email us topics that are important to you that are not political for the aftermath. For yeah. for the or, regular podcast, give us the political stuff. Right. But this yeah. one is more the fun or like, hey, what is your favorite superhero or like any yeah. shit like that? And I'll tell you. My this is where we superhero. throw it. Yeah. I don't want to know. Yeah, you do. I'm putting my headset off. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, you can reach us on Facebook at Mad Libs Podcast, Instagram at Mad Libs Podcast. Uh, we are on Patreon at patreon.com slash madlibspodcast. Uh, we are on Threadless if you guys want t-shirts or cool sweatshirts or shower face curtains. Masks. Or face masks. That is madlibspodcast.threadless.com. Um, and shoot us an email, madlibspod, gmail.com. And thank you for those that have already supported both the Patreon and Threadless. We've already yeah. sold some shirts and hoodies and people have joined the Patreon, so you won't be alone if you start today. All right, Brian and I are going to go drink some more whiskey and rum. Peace. Love you guys. Bye.